Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 434, a pro-dom discussion about life in their fast lane. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Online with me is an Augusta group of lovely ladies from the Dallas area. We have an old friend of the cast, Sweet Mistress Sin, who is co-hosting tonight. How are you this evening? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. So we were talking uh, the first time that you were on, and we talked about that you have a lot of friends in the Dallas area. And so we're kind of investigating what goes on in a professional female dominatrix life and and what it's like. We have a group, if you'd like to introduce the group. These ladies are iconic in the Dallas area. We have the lovely mistress Daria of Dallas, and we have goddess Ashley Chambers, and we have the amazing mistress Montana. Wow, what a group. Let's talk and find out what's going on in their life. Uh, So, Daria, tell me about what your specialties are. I prefer longer sessions with heavy bondage, and I tend toward heavier impact. Those are my two favorites, but I see a lot of cross-dressers as well, because I find find it interesting (laughs) to play with gender roles. And I would say that those are the main tenets of my practice. Um, I don't know that I would call myself a specialist, though. I, I do have a wide spectrum of, of skills that I employ. But you're certainly into the bondage side. Yes, very much into heavy bondage. Fun stuff. Mistress Montana, what is up with you? I like or I lean towards psychological domination. But other than that, I would probably say central or erotic domination or erotic torture. Those would be some of the things I like a lot. Apparently, I'm well known for corporal punishment, but um, yes, I have to agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unbeknownst to me, I seem to be known for that. But um, you know, I just I like variety. I mean, gosh, the same thing gets very, very old. So I like doing lots of different things. I don't like being boxed into just one particular, you know, thing. I like being able to have somebody come in and today it's bondage and cross-dressing and, you know, spanking and tomorrow it's, you know, a dozen other things. So. Very good. Goddess Ashley, what is your specialties? Oh yes. I, I do enjoy a host of many things as well. Um, I do enjoy a lot of sensory deprivation, uh, different areas of play in that regard. Fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I do. I love feminization. I do that all the time as well. It's a lot of fun to me. Um, I love working with couples, with groups, um, as well as individuals, with you know men and women both. But I do all of extensive array of items too, and play from corporal to bondage to everything as well. I can enjoy a variety too, but I enjoy the deprivation side and the corporal side. I've been called deprived, or is it depraved? Probably both. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So do you folks work out of your homes or do you, uh, are you out call or do you have places that you go? I have a dungeon that I work out of that's a dedicated space for 
just that. Uh, it's a private location. It's not open to the public, but it is strictly for my practice. I have the same in Dallas, but I, I also have dungeons, uh, multiple dungeons in other states. So, but they're all private dungeons that I work out of and they're not my home. What states do you work out of? Uh, Dallas, Austin, Dayton, uh, London, UK, and I'm opening up a place in Florida. London. Well, yeah. there, there's a commute. Well, yeah, it is, especially in the past two years since I've been paying the bill, but haven't been able to get there. Yeah, that's uh, not Yeah, funny. that's what I felt like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> every single month whenever I would send that money, it was just like, oh. <laughs> On another show, we were talking about how COVID has affected your lives uh, from a financial point of view. And, and certainly you're, you're, for a time, you weren't seeing as many people, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I mean, in a way, I, everything is kind of a yin and yang, right? There was good and bad. Um, my expenses went way, way down. And, um, and so I noticed that my bank account went up, right? Um, because uh, all of your expenses were being abated. So you didn't have like a lot of different expenses and the government was handing out money like it was Pez candy. So, um, you know, you, you had an abundance in that regard. I had clients who um, were doing a ton of phone sessions and then I had some clients who were still coming in. So, um, you know, it, it seemed, it never seemed like um, a complete situation where there's a lot of lack to me. But um, and then as things kind of lightened up um, with the government, then it just seemed to get busier and busier because people were really emotionally um, kind of in meltdown mode and they just, you know, needed um, help. <laughs> I mean, I had clients who were crying and I I finally just got a tissue and I would just hand the box over, you know, <laughs> because it's it's really strange to see your clients in that kind of light because they're not usually that, you know, type of person, you know, so whenever they're sitting there, you know, crying all of a sudden, it's really kind of, you know, odd. And really what they wanted was just someone to listen to that was non-judgmental. So I just kind of provided that for them. Yeah, I felt the same way. I've got also a private dungeon in Dallas too that I just do sessions that I don't live there as well. Yeah, and with the COVID happening, I did a lot of CAM sessions too, but you don't have the same connection as in right. person. So the CAM sessions worked well for a while and did what they could in the phone sessions, but I agree, people just need that human touch and that human contact. And to have them come back is just great. So they are, are needing it. I agree with Ashley a thousand percent. There is nothing that compares to the energy of being in front of somebody and being, you know, around somebody. Yes. And yeah. I think that what happened was that whenever people actually got to be around people again, they really realized how much they missed that connection. Yeah. Yes. I agree completely. Yeah. So it's good to have everyone back again and everyone feel the connection and the yeah. desire around people. And it's important, you know, phones, phone and cam sessions are great to keep the connection going. And kind of fill the void they're not getting, but it's good to have everyone back and be able to come see in person again, you know? Yeah. Way healthier. Yeah. I'm a touch junkie. And if I don't get my touch in, you know, a certain period of time, I feel like I'm out of my mind. Sure. It's important. 
Oh, yeah. Well, and have you guys noticed that there's clients that maybe aren't traveling as much or maybe ones that you did gain? I mean, as far as the number of clients, has, has it changed for any of you guys? Traveling more, actually coming from overseas more now. Yes. And I have a lot more of that lately. People are coming back from overseas that didn't have before. And I'm actually traveling. I travel all over as well. I'm actually in Fort Lauderdale right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so I'm starting to travel again to all over to see people, but I think travel is definitely picking up, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Travel is picking up a whole lot. I have um, quite a few clients that are actually starting to filter in from different parts of, you know, the country because they're back to work and back to traveling. Great. I agree. It's very good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) How long have each of you been involved in the professional side of BDSM kink? Uh, Over 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, same. I I got involved back in 2001. (laughs) Um, For me, it's been about 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. You've all been around the block a time or two. (laughs) And uh, you've seen just about everything. (laughs) That's what we think. And then something else pops out of the closet. And it's like, exactly. What? Tell us about something that surprised you and went different than you expected. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm very muscular. I'm a fitness competitor. So I do a lot of kidnapping kind of events. Um, Cause I'm very strong, pick people up, throw them in my trunk. <laughs> so I had a birthday weekend with someone. He enjoyed it more than I thought he would. <laughs> so it was a fun kidnapping experience that he had. So it, it turned a little where he wasn't as afraid of being kidnapped or under stress that I thought he would be. He really enjoyed it a lot more than. <laughs> so it kind of switched to enjoyment versus. <laughs> That's great. Kidnapping scenes are so much fun. They are. But there's always such a risk that somebody's going to see you and uh, call the cops. You know? <laughs> You're really kidnapping them. <laughs> yeah. We kind of have it down to a science, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets that. Any other fun stuff? Well, I think there's always going to be a, a point where people don't like connect when you're working in a professional field. You know, you can't expect there to be like chemistry with 100% of the people that walk through the door because you have like five to 10 minutes to really build that rapport. And that's a very short conversation versus the way things that, you know, organically sort of unfold over dinner in the lifestyle. So I think there's always going to be things that maybe didn't go the way you expected or, you know, people uh, that, that maybe are extra nervous or get cold feet in the middle. And maybe they were expecting something that they saw in a fantasy or on, in porn. And then as it unfolds, it, it gets too real for them and they kind of shut down or, or find that their pain tolerance, for instance, isn't as high as they had said it was on their booking form. But, um, you know, most of the time, I think things go well when both people are in the exact same frame of mind and are connecting to the same goal you know, and I think that's the most important thing, but I, I haven't seen a lot of abnormal stuff, um, since 50 shades of gray came out. That was the first time that there was a lot of like really weird shit coming out. I think right now people are just thankful to have places to go safe places to unfold their, 
their fantasies. And so things have been going recently really well. But I, during Fifty Shades of Grey, I saw a lot of weird shit. Lots of couples come with unrealistic expectations. And uh, what expectation would they have? Well, just that, you know, again, it's back to the pain tolerance level or what they could handle, you know, doing to one another. And um, and that was the only time I ever really saw a lot of that, you know, things going sideways. You know, couples, one couple in particular, I can think of came in and they just, you know, could not get their mojo going. They just could not get their their get in sync. No, because they both had unrealistic expectations of what was going to happen. But, you know, I mean, that's going to happen when you experiment, I think. Right. Right, I think there's a lot more experimentation in the last decade than we've seen in a long time. Sure. Lots of novices come through the door, a lot more now than ever before. If a newbie is out there trying to find a professional session, how do they find you? Google. Google knows everything. (laughs) <laughs> okay. look up your fetish yeah <laughs> dallas foot fetish dallas mistress blog. Yeah. we all have our own blogs and write-ups and you know just talking about experiences they just look up what they're interested in and you know right or even that shitty advertising place which i won't name right yeah. <laughs> put our names in Google and you'll find us. Yes. <laughs> or put the idea, you know, the fetish out there and you'll see us into it. Yeah. Yes. Sin, yes. you were going to say something? Yeah. The thing I was going to ask is um, how many wet and messy sessions do you guys get? I mean, do you, do you get much request for that? The wet and messy guys likes the pies in the face and, and all the wet and messy play? Like splashing? Mm, splashing. I haven't done a splashing session since like 2009. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get a lot of those. I, I would say. And too um, bad because they're actually kind of fun. It's like going are. to the state fair, you yes. know, and you get to <laughs> throw the pie at somebody and it's like, Oh my gosh, this isn't even like working. Pay right. me $400 and I get to smash the pie in your face. And you know. Oh, you know what I do. Okay. Now I do remember having one back at the last townhouse. So yeah, I, I made what pre-COVID, like 2019, I did one. Um, but yeah, they're rare for me. Yeah, I don't get them very often. A lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't get a whole lot of those requests either, but I do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't get much myself, but they're always kind of fun. And it's something that always blows, yeah, and it always blows people's minds to hear about it. It's like, you did what? <laughs> you poured what on him? <laughs> Here's a little coffee to go with that donut. <laughs> now, come on, Mistress Sin. You, you do diapers, adult babies and diapers. You must have some messes. Well, that's, this is a whole different thing than the diapers. The diapers is like one thing, and this whole wet and messy thing is like a whole nother animal. Yeah, a whole nother beast. They usually want cake batter on them and pudding yeah. and pie. Caramel. Yeah. yeah. I do get a lot of people since I'm fit and don't eat that kind of stuff want me to make them eat it. No, that's they- funny. <laughs> that's actually funny. <laughs> I want wow. somebody with all these muscles to cram this donut in my mouth. <laughs> and she's like, "No problem." And here's some syrup. <laughs> oh, that's-, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, and I like to see that now. 
One of the things that happens in uh, these uh, professional relationships is sometimes customers get attached to you. Have you noticed this? For sure. Yeah. I think that's not a bad thing. They have a, they feel safe, you know, get for people to feel safe and to be listened to and to uh, have someone that understands them. So that's not a bad thing, you know. Well, and I yeah. think that also you can kind of judge that. I mean, if you encourage it, you know, to where um, they think that it's more than what it is, then you've kind of encouraged it to go over the line. You can kind of keep it to where it's, you know, friendly. You know that the person, you know, cares about you and and that they probably like you more than just, you know, a mistress relationship, but they also understand you're not going past that. You know, um, I think that whenever you allow that gray area to me, that's whenever you find people have stalkers and you find that, you know, you, you get into kind of a bad place. Yeah. Boundaries are important. Yes. Very. Yeah. Very important. So. Yeah, it's an occupational hazard for sure. But, um, you know, that, again, the clear communication is the, is the foundation. And, uh, you know, it's not like anyone that seeks us out doesn't really know what they're getting themselves into when they do. It's pretty clear. What do you like the most that clients do for you? (laughs) (laughs) we really say that? Yes. <laughs> you can hey, say me. anything. <laughs> and you say it out loud. <laughs> All thinking the same. <laughs> Gosh, you know, uh, there are some points in my life where I probably wouldn't have made it through without my clients. My clients have done a tremendous amount of things for which I am extraordinarily thankful. And it it's those good clients that make the bad clients sort of far outweigh. Because there's always going to be people who harass us or borderline stalk us through emails or, you know, book appointments and cancel or not show up. But um, I I think what my clients do for me personally that I appreciate the most is give me a creativity outlet, which is why I am involved in this field. I mean, I earn a good living, obviously, but um, I view it as a creative outlet. So I view their submission as a gift and I can feel a biochemical release after every session, after going into top space, after having the stress relief of just going through my session. So they provide for me on multiple levels that, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe how much I appreciate that. And you're in a really good mood after you have an appointment. Because, exactly. you know, it's like going to the gym, right? You know, um, it's an endorphin, you know, rush. You it just is. have a good headspace, you're in a good place. And, you know, and sometimes when you have that, and you're in that shitty mood and you open up your email and boom, you have like a gift, you know, of, you know, Starbucks or, you know, someone sent you something from Honey Bourdet or, you know, and it's just, and you're right. There's those clients that, you know, are just, are really nice and that, you know, are the ones that have kind of been there and they've, you know, done really extraordinary things. And it's like, you know, I've been, I've been blessed with really great clients. I have to say yeah. that. Yeah, I, I have too. And it's, you know, especially through COVID too, everyone's, yeah. is well and, 
and help through and support it. And you no, know, it's great. It's great to have those people out there that they really appreciate you and you appreciate them. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very, very blessed by my clients too. They're like a big extended family to me. Really great guys. What is the most bizarre slash crazy session you've ever done? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I'll start that one. So I booked an appointment with a man that on the telephone did not bring up any of this stuff. And so when he shows up at the door, um, he happens to A, be a Dallas Cowboy football player. B, he's so fucking huge. He almost doesn't fit through the door. C, he's dressed in cross-dressing clothes. (laughs) I am mortified and I'm like grabbing him going get in here now because I'm sitting here thinking I'm sorry you know you're a black man you can tell that you're a man you you have on a pink outfit with a tutu and (laughs) um he never even mentioned that he was into cross-dressing and it was the craziest I mean it's just like none of this was even brought up at all at all in the session and he didn't really know what he wanted or what he was interested in. And it was just, I was just praying for that hour to end. And I was just like, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> How soon can this be over with? And it was just, it was painful. It was a painful hour. And he was, I guess, exploring. And I don't know what else he was exploring. But anyway, I was so glad whenever he was gone. I should have asked him for some tickets to the game. Blackmail. So the key to that is clear communication and what is really going to happen. Yes, but you know, the thing is that I talk extensively about what it is you're looking for, what it is you want to explore, what you've done before. So it's not like I didn't hit those topics. And, you know, he didn't mention any of those. So I'm not sure where all that was coming from. It was just some sort of last minute, you know, ideal that he had or what. But yeah, that was that was not cool. So pulled a fantasy out of his ass and away it went. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So that's the problem is whenever people show up to the door like that, that's whenever you get this crazy attention, negative attention that you really don't want. Yes, that's exactly right. That's happened to me before, too. I've had somebody show up at my door with a dog collar on and they were literally kneeling on my doormat because they thought it'd be really cool to present themselves, you know, and I'm going, get up. What is <laughs> wrong with what you? you what are you doing? The neighbors are looking, you know I mean? These guys just get it in their head that it's okay to do these things. And it's, and you're like, I think I dropped it right over there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> as you're screaming that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of professional athletes, I had uh, one time a, a basketball player that came to my place and I have this huge cross that's up on the wall and he wanted to be on the cross and and he was scared of heights. Really? There. Oh, yes. <laughs> he became tr- terrified of heights. So, you know, it was surprising to him and, and to me. I had to get him down really quickly, but yeah, that was kind of surprising that he wanted to try being bound up real high and on my cross and just got very scared of, of heights. <laughs> so that's no jump funny. shots for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> huge. So I don't know, he probably fit through my door as well. So 
Yeah, um, probably a duck. People don't know, I guess, until they try certain things and they kind of freak out when they think they like it and they don't know that they do or don't, you know. Right. Right. A lot of it's unexplored and, uh, you know, you just have to go with it. Yeah, you don't know until you know. That's right. <laughs> it's only kinky the first time. <laughs> After that, it's old hat. <laughs> exactly. Once we uh, let our freak flag fly, we're off and running. So what was your craziest one, Daria? God, I you know, I, I did scan my memory. Just like, I think some of the, the craziest stuff I probably you know, blocked out. I'm not sure if it's even appropriate. So like, you're right. Montana, you are so right. We yeah. were talking I about him the other day and he booked an appointment with everybody in town and, oh yes, with everybody, every single mistress in town he booked with. That weekend, yes. and we were the we were the crescendo. Gosh. A double session with her and I was the crescendo, and it happened at my dungeon. It was supposed to be like what was it, four, five, six hours? Something like just, that. I just remember being in the kitchen with you, going, "Man, I'm so glad you're here." <laughs> yeah, and you're. I'm so glad you're here, and that I I know misery loves company, but that's not what this sounds like. But I'm just so glad I'm not doing this by myself. And that you're here because I don't think I could have got through this without you. It well, was, I remember saying the same thing because I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, how are we? We were just play? watching the clock to like, get us out of here. And then yeah, after you ladies, he came to me. Yes. And I, I did a video with him. <laughs> oh man. How, yes. how he handled all that? I don't know. I don't know either. He had to swallow half the lake. I mean, yeah. We were pouring water on him and we kept talking about like, you know, putting some electricity. <laughs> yeah. And then oh he got my. out of his, we like mummified him with, with uh, duct tape inside the cage and he still somehow, and tied him with chains and still managed to Harry Houdini his way out of that shit. It was <laughs> like, there's just something extraordinarily supernatural about that person. I, I yeah. don't know. I yeah. had him like, inverted waterboard <laughs> with a rag bond yeah. on and your I, inversion table yeah 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 he took so much water i can't believe that <laughs> but he was able to right you're yes. just like god like, I, got, I videoed it yeah because i kept thinking all right i kept telling daria we can't kill him we <laughs> <laughs> His we cannot kill him. <laughs> I said we need we need a sign. He needs to be able to wiggle his toes or something because we cannot kill him. I, I'm yeah. too young to go to jail. <laughs> right. And the, the the mummification was intense. Like the level of bondage was like next level. It was. It was. It was a yeah, I couldn't even move right. Yes. Yeah. Very that's probably yeah, that's definitely the craziest. And we all had the same weekend. Yes. Yeah. Every one of us. Yeah. And then no, I remember when we ended up finding out, we're like, oh my God. And he booked with Mistress Tracy and he booked with Marisol. And he booked, I mean, it was yeah. just like, and I was sitting there going, what did he do? Clean out his bank account? Because he literally saw every single, and he was having kind of a nervous breakdown slash meltdown or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah. yeah. That's right. But yeah. had we known, we didn't know that to begin with. No, we didn't, not we that end. out as it all unfolded. Yes. yes. Lucky us. 
<laughs> well, oh. you know, like like any professional out there, you have some good ones and you have some bad ones. Yeah, there's some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Usually the craziest stuff happens when people don't really understand their own personal limits. Um, you know, and they ask you to do stuff that you're real comfortable with because you do it all the time. And then when they go to experience it, they pass out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Had that happened several times. And, Give me uh, an example of what that would be real intense. Um, well, I'm going to keep some of it to myself, <laughs> but uh, a good example and a, and a, a kind of moderate example, I'm not going to discuss the more extreme examples, but let's say you're on a heart medication and you don't tell me you're on a heart medication and you tell me you love heavy bondage and you want to be suspended on a cross on my cross and your arms are up and you're on a a serious heart medication and you pass out because your arms are up because you can't really have your arms extended above your head, but you failed to tell me that you're on that medication. So I didn't know not to do that to you. And I asked, you know, are you on any medications that I should know about? you know, and uh, do you have any injuries? So, you know, sometimes people don't understand what their own limits are. And I think sometimes people do know and they lie. Like for instance, they don't want to be dealt with gently. So they're like, no, I'm not on any medication. You know, that's, that's a problem, but it it could go on from there. You know, someone not understanding their own limits, uh, pain wise, bondage wise, their own physical limitations, their own mental limitations. You're doing well, something brings- with electro, and they say, you know, I wonder if this is going to mess with my new pacemaker. Ah, yeah. yeah, I bet I it is. Right. <laughs> That's well, why and, we- that brings- <laughs> and that brings us to another question: Who all has had someone actually pass out in their dungeon before? Actually, that that fo- the basketball player that had his hands up, he did with me. I'm yeah, like, oh. I had somebody yeah. pass out before too. Yeah, I've yeah. had that happen a couple of times. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He's got just the worst feeling. Down. It is. Yeah. And what was going on whenever your people passed out? So I know what happened with you, Ashley, but what happened with you guys whenever your people passed out? Um, Well, one of them was um, taking some medication. And I guess they just got really lightheaded and just kind of passed out. And um, trying to think what the other one was. I don't remember what it was than the other person. Um, but I just remember them just kind of, you know, going out. And I remember thinking, oh, God, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> do you need some water? Do you need some, you know? Oh, I know what it was. Um, uh, we were doing some needle play um, on his balls. And he thought that this is what he wanted to do until he looked down. And then it was like he kind of had that kind of glassy eyed look. <laughs> it was like. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you run behind him, you know, and it's like, you know, catch him because they're going down. I'm sitting there thinking, holy shit. So, <laughs> like, oh, man. I've had it happen a couple of times where they were actually on the cross and I had to catch them. collapse. They're collapsing into my arms and get them down onto the ground. And at that point, you know, I used And they're the- heavy. That's yeah. dead weight. How well, do people drag dead people around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, how do you drag dead people around? Those people have got to be heavy. Yeah. That's why Ashley is a, a bodybuilder. Yes. Take care of this. Paul <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> 
If I ever have someone die in the office, Ashley, I'm calling you. (laughs) You know, it's really bad when they die on you. It's just, uh, Uh, it takes all the fun out of it. I know. I've already told them all I'll have to drag you outside and pretend like I don't know you. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. I had a guy that I was spanking and he was bent over my medical table and he just, he wanted to be spanked and spanked and spanked. And he was an older guy. And next thing you know, <laughs> it just passes out. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a scary feeling. Cause you're thinking, is this for a few minutes? Is this permanent? But luckily, you know, he came to, but still it's, it's kind of scary, but it's just a good reminder that everybody needs to be mindful of what their limits are that come to visit us, you know? Well, young, I've heard young people pass out on me too, though. Um, uh, one guy sitting down, fortunately, was, you know, wearing a gag and I was doing an interrogation scene and apparently it got his adrenaline going and he started hyperventilating with the gag in and passed out on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, he wasn't going to tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. But yeah, it know before you go, definitely. Sometimes people, I think people really need to take their own health very seriously because there is an obligation on the part of the submissive to be honest and to be upfront about their own uh, physical situation, you know? Have you guys seen since COVID, because I've seen a lot of this since COVID, that people will come in and they have what I call way back when memories. So they come in and they tell me how, you know, this is what they're interested in. This is what they can take. I mean, to the point that they've typed up stuff and have all these extensive things. And I'm like sitting here thinking, oh, I'm going to bring my A game. This is intense. And I'll start, you know, doing the spanking or whatever it is that they want. And they can't even take a fraction of what it is that they say that they can take. And they come to find out they haven't played since before COVID. And maybe before COVID, they could do all of these things. But since then, you know, and I've tried to explain to them, well, if you haven't been to the gym in two years, then you're not going to be able to run that five miles you used to be able to run. Or you're not going to be able to lift these weights you used to be able to weight. Maybe back then you were this kind of athlete, but you're not anymore. and You have to build up. So, I mean, I've been shocked at the at the regression level of where people are or what they think that they are and then what they really can take. I mean, it's been, it's very been, true. Oh, very true. Their pain tolerance is not near as what it was. Some of them or their skills of being mummified for a long time or sensory deprivation for a while, or, you know, you, it's like working out. You're right. You have to learn your skills again and work back up to your level of tolerance that you were at before COVID. Definitely. But somehow in their mind, they still think that they're there. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe you were, but you're not now. Right. I think sometimes people, as they get older, their pain tolerance goes down as well. Yeah. And that's another thing that I've seen with clients that I'd had for years, slowly get to a point where they were changing what they were interested in because they still wanted to play, but they couldn't take the heavy caning anymore, the heavy paddling. And so they switched their interests to other things like bondage or cross-dressing or cock and ball torture or something that wasn't quite as intense because as we get older, our skin gets thinner 
And sometimes the pain tolerance just isn't there, even if they're trying to still, you know, work out and stuff like that. Like after people retire, I've noticed it, it is exponential how much less they can take. I mean, by weeks you can judge it like, and then within six months of retirement, they're almost a completely different person. So that's always a consideration as well. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The other thing I've noticed is whenever they've had surgery or if they're on medication, it seems like they can't take it as much either. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's the average age of your clients? All over. I have clients in their 90s. <laughs> 90s. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the board. You know. Yeah. My demographics are pretty steady. They're between 45 and 65. Sounds about right for me too. Yeah, somewhere between 30 and probably 65 for me. I guess when you have couples in sessions, they are perhaps younger or older couples that come come see me as well. There, I think there's more middle aged and older couples that see me than than very newbies. You know, yeah. or new young people. Yeah, to explore more things and know what they like and want to learn more and you know expand on things they've haven't learned when they're younger. Want to try new things. You know, that's good. The couples that come to see you guys. What do they mainly ask for? Like for me, I usually get ladies that it's a husband and wife couple and the the husband likes to be spanked, but the lady doesn't want to spank the husband because she's afraid she's going to hurt him. That's the kind of stuff I usually get. What do you guys get as far as the couple's stuff? I get that too, but I get a lot more than that because I I teach a lot of different kinds of things though. I I do, and Ashley and I are going to start teaching a kinky sage class, like a kink sage class from the bondage uh, protocol. So um, I get a lot of people that are literally just exploring, looking for, uh, you know, techniques on creative sensory deprivation, creative sensory overload, or they're looking for flogging techniques. That's a big fa- favorite. Or they're looking for penetration techniques, or they're looking for, um, you know, ways to spice up their marriage, but they're not. And then I get a lot of people that are interested in protocol, but it's not, it's not always like the guy dragged the wife in, although I get that. And sometimes you can turn that around, but I usually, with couples like that, I usually discourage uh, their attendance because I've found that that's a hard uh, bridge to gap. If they aren't both equally into it, it, it's a hard job for me not to be lazy, but I'd like both people to be fully engaged and ready to learn and ready to absorb so that I'm not trying to overcome someone else's uh, reticence to do something. I think you should be fully interested in something if you're going to pursue it and it shouldn't be because your partner uh, wants you to and I have over the years come to a place in my counseling with couples that I'm like you really if someone isn't kinky you can't convert them this isn't Uh you know I don't believe in proselytization of 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 the kink realm you know if someone's kinky they're kinky you know and if they're not they're not and you have to respect other people's you know wishes Mm -hmm. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I think couples want to learn, like you said, where the class will be great because we can teach them different things on entry level, intermediate level, advanced level, on all different areas of interests in the world. So it's, it's fun to teach people and help them to grow also as couples. So they have a deeper connection with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, what's interesting is it's great to teach them because a lot of times 
yeah, the ladies don't understand that the, the men want to be spanked or they want this or they want that. So it's, it's really great to have classes like that where they can learn these new techniques and, and realize they're not hurting their guy. They're showing a form of love to their guy by doing these things, you know? Yes. Right. A lot of water has gone under the bridge. So do we have any closing thoughts or comments? I think we are all just so thankful that COVID is over and that we are able to, you know, Breathe. <laughs> Breathe easy. How was your flight? I haven't been on the flight since you don't have to wear a mask now. You know, it was 50-50. There was 50%. A lot of people warm. A lot of people didn't. It's all over the board. And see, I'm all for that. I personal choice. If you want to, do. And if you don't, don't. But everybody was, real, you know, attentive, quiet. I mean, it was kind of strange. People are still in the not talking mode on flights too. Like, don't talk, don't look to anybody. You know, they're still under the the pretense of the COVID. Don't talk to people. But everybody was 50-50 in the airports and the flights. So. Huh. I'd venture to say anybody that talked to you ladies would uh, learn something new. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. Just going around the table here, uh, Mistress Daria, Mistress Montana, Goddess Ashley, and Sweet Mistress Sin. Yes. Thank you for joining CAST tonight and letting us know kind of what goes on behind the scenes in, uh, in your world of professional domination. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you, Abe. Yes. Great to see you, Woody. You have been listening to the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast, and we welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.